just going to go ahead and go with some of the questions here on your profile. That way we can stick to what you're comfortable with and um, throw in a few extras along the way if anything comes up, if that's okay. Yeah, whatever you like. Awesome. Perfect. Well, can I will you hear me okay? Yep, I sure can. Can okay. you hear me? Excellent. I will go ahead and get us started then. <clears throat> Hey, what's up? Hello, this is Admin Cubana coming back at you with another episode of the Unladylike Lounge podcast. Today, I am joined with Art Bell. Art is a writer and former media executive known for creating, building, and managing successful cable television channels. Art, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Courtney? I am very well. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Now, Art... I understand that you have a book out. What is your memoir about and how did you come to write it? Oh, good questions. Um, the book is called uh, Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor. Really? And that's pretty much what it's about. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I started, uh, I came up with the idea of um, an all-comedy network while I was working at HBO in the late 80s. Wow. Actually, I came up with the idea before that, but I pitched it to HBO okay. in the late 80s. And um, they initially said no. And then after a lot of work on my part, <laughs> and a little <laughs> bit of luck, I would say, uh, they said yes. And let's give it a try. Okay. Now, how did, kind of a two-part question. I'll start with part one. How did the idea for Comedy Central come about to you? What, what was the idea behind that? Well, it started a long time, uh, a long time ago when I was a kid, because I loved comedy. Okay. I, yeah, I know, and that was um, there was lots of comedy on television. Although in those days there were only three networks. The comedy I saw was on a variety show, a weekly variety show called the Ed Sullivan Show. I don't know if that's familiar. Yes. To yours, but uh, it was a great show, and I'd sit there with my brothers and father and watch these comedians work and they were making everybody in the audience in my house and across the country laugh at the same time. And I thought, wow, that's pretty powerful. You know, it's really yeah. fun. Um, and so I kind of became a comedy nerd, uh, you know, Love really kind of interested in it. Never did any performing, but did a bunch of writing, comedy, writing, satire, started a comedy, oh. a set, a satirical newspaper when I was in high school. And then, when I got to college, I, you know, did a little performing, not stand-up, but sketch, and then went to work as an economist in a consulting firm in Washington, D.C., which wasn't really big on comedy, but it was what I wanted to do at the time. So I spent a few years there, and then I decided, well, wait a second, I'd really like to get into the television business. So I went back to school, and I came out of school with a business degree, and I went to work at CBS, where no one was interested Wow. Anything I had to say about comedy or anything else for that matter. <laughs> oh, I mean, no. it, was just, it was just a giant company. It was like working at the post office. No offense to my fellow employees. but For sure. But, but it was very, um, you know, they were very set in their ways. And they were also making scads of money. So taking big chances was not in their, uh, in their corner. So I ended up moving to HBO. Okay. Which at the time, this is the mid-80s. HBO was like Netflix. Yeah, It was like the coolest, most happening place to work and, and the future of television and all that kind of stuff. And they'd only been around for five or six years. Wow. I got there. I know. They really hadn't done a whole lot of original programming when I got there, but then they, they'd started, and some of the original programming they were doing was comedy. Okay. 
they were doing comedy specials with uh, George Carlin and Goldberg yes. and Robert Klein and you know all, all the greats who were around in those days, and they were very highly produced comedy specials. And that's when I said, hey, maybe these guys will listen. Maybe. Maybe they'll listen to my idea that there ought to be an all-comedy network. I mean, there was an all-news network, an all-music network. MTV was around. You know, and right. I thought these single-subject networks were doing pretty well. Absolutely. I, I couldn't imagine why no one would want to do an all-comedy network. But as I said, it wasn't an easy sell. Not oh. HBO. I was, I was uh, originally rejected. Wow. And, you know, for some of the big names that, that you had mentioned for the time, you would think that that would have been an easy sell. But I, that's... Actually, it's interesting you say that because that was, it was exactly the opposite from the point of view of the executives, the programming executives at HBO. I mean, one of the first objections they had was, hey, you'll never get a talent on this channel because, you know... Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, Whoopi Goldberg, they're not going to be on an all-comedy network. Their, their, their agents wouldn't let them. Their managers would not let them. It would be against their image. You know, those were the kinds of um, negative reactions I was getting. Oh, uh, wow. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, Cordy, I, I was not in and of the comedy business. When I pitched this, I was a financial analyst, a marketing analyst, really, at that point, um, at HBO. I knew people in programming, but uh, mostly on a friendly basis. I had no programming credentials. I'd never, obviously, started a channel or much of anything else. Uh, and so I, I, didn't, I didn't walk into this, these pitch meetings with a whole lot of credibility. Uh, and I was pretty, as I said, I was pretty much shut down early on and loudly, which, you know, was a little bit of a setback and a little bit of an ego blow, but I persisted because I knew somebody somewhere, sometime, was going to do an all-comedy network, and I kept saying, why, why shouldn't we do it, you know? Right. So what, what did it take for somebody to listen, and how long did that take? Right. Well, the timeline, again, I... I had been talking about it at HBO for a couple, three years. I mean, just, you know, casually. Okay. Hey, you know, this place should really do a, an all-comedy network. They're so good at comedy. They pretty much own comedy on the network, on the dial right now. Why not do it? And yeah. people would sort of nod and smile and say, yeah, it'll never happen. It's expensive. You know, and True. It's, just, it's, you know, comedy is one of the more expensive things. Yeah. Expensive forms of programming, so it's, not, it's just not going to happen. But what happened to me was I was working on a project and the project got canceled. Okay. So I was a little bit career-wise up in the air. Now, in those days, HBO, they liked me well enough. They said, hey, stick around. You know, We're not going to fire you just because your project was canceled. Um, we'll find something for you to do. But for a little while, I had some time on my hands. You know? <laughs> right. And I was at work, and I figured, listen, whatever HBO says – they might not keep me. I mean, you know, it's the, if they don't find something for me to do, I'm, I'm out of here. So why don't I start looking for another job? You know, I was in my late 20s. Okay. Uh, and I started writing letters to other entertainment companies saying, hey, I got this swell idea for a comedy network. 
and it might look like this. And here's a plan that I'm stapling to the to my resume. What do you think? Before I sent any of them out, as luck would have it, and I told you there was a degree of luck in this. Oh yeah. My boss's boss walked by my uh, office and says, "What are you working on? You don't have anything to do." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Oh uh, yeah, working on this comedy." network plan and uh, he said let me see so I I handed it to him and he said wow this is this is really good this is really cool and he wow. said I, I think the chairman of HBO should see this and I said really wow that's great wow. and he said come on let's go let's go to his office right now that was a surprising thing because as I said I I had already pitched it I didn't mention the fact that I pitched it about I don't know maybe a month before to the head of HBO programming. She was the one who really kind of said, it's a bad idea. HBO is oh. never going to do it. So, you know, I stopped pitching HBO. But when my boss's boss came and said, let's go talk to the head of the head of HBO, the chairman. You know, oh, my that goodness. That was a treacherous moment for yours truly, I got to say. <laughs> Very oh. scary. Yes. Um, but he led me down to the office. Now, the chairman of HBO, his name was Michael Fuchs. Okay. And he he had just been on the cover of New York Times Magazine as the most powerful man in Hollywood. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. I was on nobody's cover of any magazine, but it would have been as the least powerful man in Hollywood. So oh. there I was facing this guy. We walked into his office, and he basically looked up and says, what do you guys want? And you don't even have an appointment. I mean, it was kind of, kind of like throwing us out before we got in. And I was happy to walk out. I was like, oh, come on, let's get out of here. Right. Uh, but he said, all right, what do you want? You know, and he came around his desk and listened for a while. And my boss's boss, his name was Larry. He said, you know, Art has this really good idea. I think you ought to listen to it. So I pitched my little heart out. You know, that's all I could do. Right. And, uh, he asked a bunch of questions and I answered them. And he said at the end of the, you know, when I stopped talking, he said, well, sounds kind of interesting. And oh. maybe we should pursue it. Which was not a green light. Let's not get excited here. It wasn't right. like, okay, check, we're doing the channel. It was, do some research. You know, I'm going to team you up with some people in the comedy department at HBO. Because remember, I knew nothing about comedy. Right. I mean, other than I loved it. Um. Right. I was, a, I was a fan. Um, comedy nerd, as I described it. <laughs> and so that's what he did. He teamed me up with a guy named Stu Smiley, who was the head of comedy at HBO at the time. That was his actual name, Stu Smiley. Wow. And he, first thing he said to me before he said hello was, what do you know about comedy? Oh, my goodness. Which was a little aggressive on his part, but yeah. that was Stu. It was, it was pretty clear he wasn't about to take me under his wing and show me the ropes, you know what I mean? Right. Basically, I disrupted his day job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was, you know, that was an interesting moment. But ultimately, we found our footing together and, uh, and went on and went on from there and became a reality. That is incredible. That... My heart is beating out of my chest just hearing that story, being just having this pitch and going through the steps to your boss's boss, 
all the way up to, oh my goodness, I'm nervous for you, and I didn't even have to live it. <laughs> well, is- you know, it's interesting you say that, because, you know, I wrote this memoir, Constant Connery, here's a, see the book, and it's kind of like a cliffhanger, because at the end of every chapter, it looks like I'm not going to be successful, and, and it's really a, a personal account of what I was going through as I was trying to get this thing started. And it's, you know, people have told me it's a page turner because it just, even though you know it did get started, right. you kind of don't know what, what happens to me and how I pull it off and all that kind of stuff. So that is cool. intense. Yeah. That is intense. Well, I am so glad that obviously, like you said, we know what happens, but that's, oh my goodness, my heart is just racing for you in that, in, in those moments. Um, I did have another question. You said that part of the name of your book is how you lost your sense of humor. You sound like such a, like you said, a comedy nerd. What do you mean by you lost your sense of humor? Well, I guess what I was trying to get across with the title was something that people probably don't consider when they watch television or when they're watching Comedy Central for that matter which is Comedy Central did not emerge fully formed and spectacularly successful the day it was launched. I mean, on the contrary, it was a failure. I mean, the day we launched, people, the press said it was an embarrassment. And my boss, Michael Fuchs, was horrified, you know. I mean, it was was a disaster. And... For a bunch of reasons, which I go over in the book. But the real story is how I and the rest of us kept going in the face of, you know, incredible criticism and coming from all sides. I mean, I I, I tell a story about my mother calling saying, you know, my friends watch your channel and they they don't think it's funny. You know, that's like about the last thing you need. Is to hear from your mom oh that gosh. that you're you're messing messing up in your job. So, yes. but it was everybody. It was it was you know the New York Times and Rolling Stone and the L.A. Times. I mean, everybody was just happy to jump on HBO's colossal failure because up to that point, HBO hadn't made a misstep. They were hugely successful, making tons of money. Michael Absolutely. Fuchs, the chairman. He was strutting around. How do you think you get to be the most powerful guy in Hollywood? He was so proud of what we were about to do when we were about to launch. He said, this is going to be the funniest, the greatest, uh, you know, he went on and on. And I'm like, you know, let's, let's dial back expectations for day one. But he, right. didn't, he didn't do that. And we got creamed. Oh, no. Oh, no. And see that, that, I guess I never heard that part of Comedy Central's history. I was, I was a 90s baby, so I never knew that there was a not so successful period of Comedy Central. (laughs) Not so successful. I went to work every day thinking I was going to get fired and they were going to shut the channel down. For the first, pretty much for the first eight Eight months, nine months, yeah. What? Yeah. It was oh. it was that tenuous. And again, you know, in the book I tell all the stories about our near misses. The actual 
subtitle, which is how I started Comedy Central and lost my sense of humor, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, came from something that Michael Fuchs said. He called me and a couple of the other executives in about three months into the channel after we launched. And he said, you know, guys, it took a comedy channel to make me lose my sense of humor. No. And, oh we, my and we all looked at each other and said, yeah, nobody's laughing in here. You know, this is serious stuff. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah, it was, it was heavy. It was very heavy. So did I actually lose my sense of humor? No. As a matter of fact, you know, your sense of humor keeps you going through the tough times, and you do Absolutely. your best to keep it. But I'm telling you, there were some, there were some pretty low moments in those, in those days. You know, bad reviews, which you try and ignore, low ratings, people writing, <laughs> writing nasty letters. Oh, and then we got competition. That was like a whole different thing. Oh, man. Who, who was your first real competition wait till you hear this before we launched before we launched we announced that we were going to do a comedy network and we 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 went to la had a bunch of comedians there you know typical press conference breakfast it's really it would have been fun except that again michael fuchs was so full of luster and full of confidence, you know, which, you know, to a certain extent, you don't want to get up there and say, hey, this is my work, <laughs> which, right. may, which may have been what I said if they put me up there. Smart. <laughs> but I was sitting down listening to this saying, man, oh, boy, this is going to be, you know, really kind of raising the bar here uh, and the expectations. The next day, the very next day after we announced, MTV Networks put out a memo a, a press release saying, "Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna launch a, a comedy network too, and it's going to be called Ha, the Comedy Network, and what? we're going to be launching it shortly. So, and it'll be better, you know. So, the fight was on. Oh, yeah, I know. See, you don't know this stuff, right? No, I had no idea that that was MTV's network. I did not know that that was." Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's comedy. We were called Comedy Channel at the time because, hey, what do you name a comedy channel other than Comedy Channel? Right. And, uh, and MTV, ha, huh, was coming at us. We launched in April. Uh, I'm sorry, we launched in um, we launched in November and then launched in April of the next oh, year. Oh, my goodness. So we had a six-month head start, kind of. Because of course they hadn't really been working on a comedy network when we announced, so we were we were ahead of them a little bit. But to make a long story short, we went head to head, boom, oh my personal, goodness. and uh, taking each other apart in the press. They put a billboard up outside HBO headquarters at a, where we were oh. saying, you know, gosh, basically, Ha is the greatest comedy network ever, and you guys are losers. Um, and so we did the same thing to them put a billboard outside there. And it, was, <laughs> it, was, oh it was pretty heavy. That's at, the end of, at the end of the year, though, I was called up and said, they're merging the channels. Nobody wins. They're merging the channels. You can't call a comedy channel. You can't call it Ha. You and the head of programming at the other channel at Ha are going to get together, figure out what to call it, 
how to program it, and we'll relaunch it. And that was that was that. I was I was kind of oh my goodness. Yeah, that was like the last experiment because I thought we were, I thought we were the better channel that they were, but yeah. Oh my gosh! And when? How long was that into the the big race? Well, as I said, I mean, I started this whole thing, and we launched about eight or nine months after I pitched it, and then six months later, they pitched, they launched their channel, and that was April, where they announced the merger. So we were only fighting each other for, what, seven or eight months. Wow. Yeah. It was quick. It was like... Wow. Yeah. So then... Question. How did Comedy Central finally achieve success? Uh, perseverance. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> First of all, stay. Betting on executives at TV networks was that the channel, the combined channel. I think they've pretty much given up on it, um, even though they merged. That's what helped us be. Oh, one second. Looks like we have a bit of a connection issue. 